You're now tuned in to the Hella Black Podcast. You're listening to your co-host, Delincey. We live here in West Oakland, California. Acorn stand up. Ghost Town stand up. Lower Bottom stand up. Dogtown stand up. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Realm Charter School graduating class of 2017 over there in West Berkeley. Super proud of all the kids. Um, shout out to my co-host, Blake. Shout out to the engineer, Dizzle. Shout out, Jake. Shout out everybody live in this thing. It's love. Hella Black in this thing. In this thing. Yeah. We back. Episode three. Hella Black podcast. Man, I want to say thank you to everybody that took took the time out to listen to episode two. The support means everything. We trying to keep this shit live and fresh, kicking that real shit. Blake, man, tell them what's up. And we got a lot to talk about today. You know, last time we we got into it, and I think we we told the truth about these. These folks who was making money off the movement. Shout out Van Jones. You know, Van Jones, Rock Nation. You know, I want to, I know some folks were saying that uh, Jay-Z was from Harlem. You know, I got to fix myself. (laughs) He's from Brooklyn, you know. Sorry to any East Coast listeners that we might have offended. I got love for all the barrels, all a thousand of them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But we we from the Bay, you know what I'm saying? So we we ain't know too much about that. But we got a we got a good show coming up. We got individualism. We're gonna talk about individualism, Donald Trump, talk about anti black racism, you know what I'm saying? Nah, no no individuals, right? Because it ain't just an it ain't just an individual. We're talking about systems of oppression, right? Yes, Lord. So we're gonna also talk about sports, Kaepernick, the history of the black athlete, right? The NFL as a system. Um and then we're gonna talk about not me niggas. Shout out to all my reformed ashy niggas out there. Reformed and c- consistently reforming, you know. I'm hop constantly over to, trying to lather myself in cocoa butter. You know, we, I was once very ashy. We visit Shea Butter Twitter once a day, you know, to stay from being Ashby. Oh my <laughs> <It's an> Ashby. God. <laughs> Shout out Ashby. Shout out Ashby. A block. But yeah, we got a really good episode for you guys. We think you're gonna love the content. Um, like I said, we appreciate all the love. Y'all can continue to support us, give us the positive, criti- the constructive criticism that we need. We really want this to be for the people, and we're going to keep kicking this dope shit. Let's get it popping. So let's talk about Trump. Why? I, the thing that bothers me so much is the way liberals talk about Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh, we got to get Donald Trump out of office, and Donald Trump is just the worst thing that happened to America, and he's... Just the worst thing that's ever happened, and we've never seen a racist like this before, which we have. The first president was a slave owner. A lot of these presidents are slave owners. If we talk about prison industry to this day, yes, Lord. You know they still own stocks in prisons. Extension of slavery, the Thirteenth Amendment, right? So I mean, yeah. What do, what do we think about this individualism and Donald Trump and, and the way liberals kind of use it? I think you made a very solid point about the history of our presidency and all the racist presidents that we've had before him. All the the neo-Nazi type presidents we've had before him, but we don't even have to go that far back to the first president. We can look at Obama, President Obama. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know I people said, don't like hearing that. Right. You, I think you said last last episode, Obama is a white supremacist in, in every form of the word, every way, every way. And I know it, it hurts to hear that, right? Because he's our first black president. Like you know, they always 
they have this thing, right, where, like, you can't be critical of black leaders because it's, like, all, like, the crabs in a the barrel type theory. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, we have to hold each other accountable. And just we can't because you are identity politics. We can't. Just because you you're black, you don't get excused for your actions, right? right. <laughs> we can still hold you accountable for being a killer. And a lot of people like to do that with Obama because if you imagine this, imagine the first man that looks like you that's ever had some power in this country is just like the rest of them. That's a tough pill to swallow. So I can understand why people, you know, want to turn a blind eye to what Obama has done, but we have to be realistic here. Right. Obama is no different from Donald Trump, and that sucks. Right. I mean, he's he's like every other president. Every other one. Every every president has been the head honcho of white supremacy. And that's what it is, because we're not talking, like you said, it's not about the individual, it's the system. Right. It's the system. The system of capitalism, the system of the American patriarchy is built on oppression. And, it, and it's, it's built on our, our blood. On the backs of on the black backs people. Of black people and stealing the land from indigenous people. That's like right. pretty much saying just like, oh, we got to like, and people might not like this comparison, but like if you had a black slave owner, and he was just treating all the black slaves really well, but he's still a slave owner, fam. He's still benefiting from the system of slavery. That's Obama now. He's you know getting his four hundred thousand dollars checks because he was the slave owner. He was I ain't mad at that. I ain't gonna lie. Was, I ain't no, mad at him get that. He got to get that coin. I I mean, he's like, getting his coin, but he his might as well take it all the way on money. one. He might as well take it. I mean, like Obama's in too deep at this point. I mean, he is what he is. He is what he is. He he's, he's very problematic. This hurts, man. Right, but that, my president was black and my Lambo was blue, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hurting right now, disowning my man like this. But it is what it is. We have to hold each other accountable, man. Like, that's what a lot of people want to do. They try to do the identity politics, like you said earlier, and think that just because you're black, you get a pass. You can be black and still benefit from white supremacy. You can be black and still be Mm anti-black. You can be black and still adopt whiteness. Period. Shout out Ben Carson. Oh, damn. (laughs) 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 He's throwing blows. We're not even five minutes into the segment, and we're already dropping names. That's really how it is. Shots fired. And that's the truth, man. Like, you got to... When you out here critiquing everybody, bro, hold these people accountable. Don't think just because somebody's black that they don't benefit from the patriarchy. Don't think because people are black that they don't benefit from white supremacy. Right. We got to be real about it, right? We got to be real and hold people by their actions. That's you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, not all your skin is your kin. Period. You know what I mean? Period. I think, that, you know, if we think about slavery, right? Like, the house nigga, his, the house nigga was the biggest fear, was fearing that turn of the most. He wasn't fearing Massa. He was fearing, fearing, you feel me, the person in the field who was trying to take him out of power. Because Massa treated me good. Massa treated me, yes, I'm Massa. getting my three hots in the car, and I get to play the fiddle every now and again. Why you want to ruin this right, for me? Right, I'm getting my pork. Why you want to ruin this for me? <laughs> so that's probably how a lot of these black politicians feel. Like, you know, I got my piece of the pie. And this is where you start talking about, right, what I, what I really feel. And you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. I feel like a lot of people want inclusion. They don't want equality and equity. They just want a little bit of role reversal. Like, let me get a piece of that pie. They want their cheese. You know? They don't want to own the bakery. They want some of the crumbs because the crumbs are good. The crumbs will buy you a nice house. The crumbs will get you a a good government position where you have to I just don't want to be at the bottom no more. Right. I'm not, you know, and that's what a lot of people, a lot of people want. A lot of black people in power, a lot of black people who associate themselves with the movement. A lot of them preach this Mm -hmm. equality and equity thing, but what they want is just a piece of the pie. Like, I just... And you can tell, like, you got to judge people strictly by their actions. Strictly by their actions. We say this all the time. A lot of people just right. want a piece of that pie. They want that inclusion. I mean, but there's uh, there's also nuance around it, too, right? So, if you, you know, it's pretty hard to avoid capitalism when the whole system is capitalist, right? So, at some point, you're going to have to work for a system that is messed up. But when you're working in that system, you should have a goal. 
you know what I'm saying? You should you should be that spook at the door, you feel me? So where you're working in the system, you know that you're not trying to become the system, but rather you're getting your money from the system and giving it back out to the people. You feel me? Giving it back out to the neighborhood. But is that, is back that out just, to the little kids? I definitely you know agree. what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. It's like, no, it's no think way think about the jobs we worked. Like, you feel me? I worked at Berkeley. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a government agency. I, I worked for one of the biggest corporations in America, Crunch Fitness. You know like, what I'm saying, right? It's a corporation. I'm it's pretty, a corporation. Yeah. But you got to pay, you feel me? You got to pay the bills. I mean, if we you know like, you, there's no way to escape there's capitalism no, right. in a capitalistic society. There's no way to escape it. So if we really talk right. about making some serious change around here. We know the coin make the world go around. Right. I, I remember I was giving Khadija shit because she said she bought, like, I forget what she said she bought. I, I was giving her shit because I think they they benefit from prison labor, and she's like, "Well, you know, there's no ethical, uh, no ethical consumption under capitalism. There's no way you cannot. You know? be, there's no way. So as much, as ethical as we want to be, like we're still surrounded by this this sea of capitalism. But like you, you know? say, I mean, like we got to work. We got to we got to play with the cards we've been dealt, right? Like there's right. we got to we got to make the best of what we got, right? So we taking these coins, and we're like, there's you got to make sure you get your coin and you funnel funnel it back into your community. And then from there, that's when we can start talking about some real black power. You just, um, you wrote a piece recently about, like, black capitalism. Like, of course, that's not really an option because right. capitalism is built on our oppression. <laughs> point blank. But there is a way we can start building up our coins and then eventually separating ourselves from this. Like, that's really the only way. That's mm-hmm. the only way we can It has to be in a place where it's not rooted in capitalism, right? So, yeah. like, it's, you know, if we think about Mandela, Food Co-op, and West Oakland, yeah. it's a cooperative. It's worker-owned. So it's not that one business owner... You know what I'm saying? It's not the one business owner making all the money and the workers are making shit. You feel me? I like I love Suya. I go eat at Suya all the time. Yeah. How many black employees do they have at Suya? You feel me? They barely have any, you know, black employees, right? No, so they're they're not even employing our own people and it's still a business structure that's highly capitalist. I think the West Oakland Co op is probably the the um the best example of right. like benefiting from capitalism. And then totally fighting that shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, okay, I'm a, I'm gonna get my coin from this shit. What I'm gonna do is really, I'm really put gonna put it into a co-op. Yeah, and I'm gonna empower my people. I'm gonna right. empower my people because you gotta think about it, right? We've been fighting this system for over 400 years, so we're not really gonna be able to dismantle it over the course of 50 years, over 100 years. Like, right. we're not even gonna be able to dismantle it in 400 years. We're gonna have to double that. But what we can really do is start really making some solid efforts, start taking some real strides towards the separation from this capitalistic society mm-hmm. as black people because if we we there's a certain like like i said there's going to be a certain groups of us that can benefit from capitalism but if we really talking about equality and equity which is for all people capitalism is not the way to go right because in order for capitalism to work someone has to get the shit in of the stick and nine times out of ten that someone is going to be who black people hallelujah yes right. Lord. so getting back to to systemic oppression, right? And Donald Trump, it's, it's, it's just, it's almost funny the way that liberals be like, oh my gosh, it's Donald Trump. Like this nigga Obama wasn't dropping drones on motherfuckers and shit. Right. Like niggas haven't. We just forgot slaves. about that. We just gonna forget about you know George Washington. You feel me? His own teeth were f- like, uh, his teeth were literally from fucking um, enslaved African people. Trump is just the most recent pawn in a very long chess game. He's just the most recent piece into this shit. Right, so when we're thinking about systemic oppression, it ain't just about the president because we know there's multiple <laughs> branches of government. Thinking about Oakland, California, Trump didn't gentrify Oakland, California. Hell Jerry no. Brown, the liberal, is one of the shout you know, out Jerry, shout out Libby, right? Libby, Libby Shaft. Oh God, gentrifying Oakland. You know, it ain't it ain't Donald Trump. So I'm thinking about like why are people focusing on Donald Trump? It's to excuse their He's own a scapegoat. shitty politics. He's a scapegoat. 
because they can't realize, oh, actually, my politics is the reason why there's a Trump in place. He's just the perfect person for us to hold accountable, and he plays the role so well, right? Right. So he, he loves being back. a villain. Right. He loves being a villain. So it's easy for us to just appoint him as opposed to like, looking at the things that we're doing, like you just said, to mm-hmm. how our politics are supporting the oppression in the system. Right. So that, that's why it's important that when we look at racism, when we look at gentrification, when we look at any form of racism in this country, right, that we look at it as a system. Because it ain't just an individual act, right? Preach. Like, black people can't be racist. I can call a white person a cracker, but what what is that going to do to a white racism person? Racism is power. When you're keeping it lit, racism <laughs> right. is power. It's not words. It's power. It's action. Because ain't no material benefit happening be calling somebody that, a cracker. Right? It might hurt your ego. It, it might hurt his feelings. A cracker be like, oh, my gosh, he called me a cracker. He's so racist. But that ain't going to stop you from getting a job. That ain't going to get you pulled over by the police. That ain't going to take away the house that you got invested because your parents had the money before. Hello. And your grandparents had the money before that. And your Hello. great-grandparents had the money before that. It ain't doing nothing but Can't stop, won't cracker. stop. Thank you. <laughs> Thank right? you. So, like, when we look at anti-black racism in this country, we got to realize that the foundation of anti-black racism was the slave trade. But we can't just start here. <laughs> right? Because it was some British people who came... You feel me? Because they wanted freedom, quote-unquote, uh, from, from Great Britain. It runs deep. So they established their 13, you know, 13 colonies, but we can't talk about racism here without looking at the how the 13 colonies, right? Yeah. You feel me? Like the Mayflower was probably made by black slaves. You know what I'm saying? So if we think about Great Britain. Great mm-hmm. Britain, all the wealth that was built by Great Britain was because of the enslavement of black people. Great Britain would have never been able to be an empire that it is today, right, or what it was Without the free labor, right? Capitalism, the free labor of black people who were... This is free game right now. This man is dropping gems. <laughs> and what this all goes back to saying is anybody that is a part of the system at the root of the system is anti-blackness. He just brought up the slave trade, Great Britain. Anybody that's benefiting from the systemic oppression and racism is a part of the problem, bro. Period, point black. Oh, period, point blank. Obama is benefiting from anti-blackness because he was a part of the system. Anybody that benefits from this system is benefiting from anti-blackness. So this is why it's important that we hold black folks accountable. For their actions. We have to hold them accountable. You look at this system, bruh. The system is built on anti-blackness. So if you're benefiting from the system, you're benefiting from anti-blackness. It is that simple. Right. And anti-blackness is the root of all oppression in this country. We think about colonialism in this country. Colonialism would have never been able to happen. This land would have never been able to colonize if black people weren't building up the, the empire of Great Britain. Right. So thinking about like how all of our oppression is like interconnected. Right. This land would have never been able to have been stolen if it wasn't for the, the Great British Empire because it was built up by our free labor. Literally, our free labor built up this whole empire, right? So if we think about colonization the way it is today, it's, it's important that we understand, like, oppression in this country, the root of all oppression is, is from anti-black racism. If we even think about Islamophobia, the first Muslims in this country were black. Shit run deep. <laughs> right? They were black. But if we look at, like, popular images of Muslim people in this country today, it's usually a, someone of the Arab descent. And black people, black Muslims are erased from the narrative. Not even knowing that so this shit at really stems from anti-blackness. Of Islamophobia in this country. The foundation of it. The foundation of it was the indoctrination 
of black Muslims who were had their religion stolen and then they were indoctrinated, attempted to be indoctrinated because not all of them were indoctrinated, right? Yeah. Into Christian, this whole Christian King James version of the Bible. Goddamn. <laughs> you know? So when we're looking at oppression, we got to realize that this, this society is fundamentally rooted in anti-black racism. So when I tell other people of color, it's like, y'all better know what anti-black racism is, is because you are literally oppressed because of anti-black racism, but you don't realize it. You got to know what it is you so know. that you can avoid it and so also that you don't become a pawn in the shit. Because if you don't know what anti-blackness is, you might be out here collecting your coin for anti-blackness. And like we say, it's not about intent. whiteness. You know, like like Khadija told me, it's not about intent. It's about impact. Just because you don't mean to benefit off anti-blackness don't mean you're not. <laughs> right? <laughs> Period. Boy, Blake. Man, Blake just taught a history lesson. He definitely just taught a history lesson. You're teaching. Definitely just taught a history lesson. So what we get into next, B? So we're going to talk about sports. Kaepernick and pour some Hennessy up, you feel me? Free Kaepernick, man. This is some straight bullshit. We got guys like Colt McCoy signing two-year deals. We got guys like Blaine Gabbert signing two-year deals. We got guys like, what's my man's name, that played for the Texans and got a fat contract and just got traded to the Cleveland Browns. Brock Osweiler, Jesus Christ. This cannot be serious. This cannot be serious. But I think that that goes back, you know, to the history of of black athletes in this country. Black athletes that speak up on certain topics, right? Because the black, there have been plenty of black athletes that just got their coin, got got, got in and out. Charles Barkley, you know, getting no. tossed around. They the were good slaves. Of, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's been plenty of black athletes that got their coin and didn't talk about anything. Michael Jordan, it's love. Right. Because it's profitable. As soon as you start doing anything besides being a pawn, as soon as you start doing anything besides being entertainment, as soon as you start doing anything besides being an athlete, this is when you start causing a problem. This is when you start becoming a problem. And all this nigga did was sit down and take a knee. All From he did was say, I don't fuck with racism. That's all he said was, like, I don't fuck with racism. Anthem. All he said was, I don't fuck with racism. That's all he said was, I don't agree with racism. And now, he can't play. He, my man Louie cannot get a job. He can't do his job because he spoke out against anti-blackness. What I tell you, we said this last week, if white people like you, if rich white people like you, you probably doing something wrong, fam. You doing something shady. You probably doing something wrong. Because... Rich white folks do not like pro-black. Because why? Capitalism is built on anti-blackness. God damn. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the NFL, oh my God. that was built on anti-blackness. It's an extension of the brute. You're brutalizing, you know, brutalizing each other for the white man to go watch. Ain't no black people owning NFL teams. Man, I've seen some highlights of, you know, I don't know how many people know. I used to play college football. I graduated from the University of Idaho. And people that don't know about Idaho, right, that shit is like, I don't know how many percent black. It's something ridiculous. But anyway, anyway, to make a long story short, I came across some old game field from a University of Idaho game. And there was motherfuckers in fucking cloaks in the stands. In full-on KKK fits. Really cheering. I played in that same stadium. So I just let you know. Let's just let you know the history of this game. It's just sports in general. It ain't the National Football League. It's, it's niggas police. Niggas police. And if alone. we really are thinking about it in like an economic way, the NFL is really set up like sharecropping. Yeah. Where the black there. people, they, they play for the team. They get some of the share. 
But they ain't owning the team. They, they don't even the own their name. They ain't owning the plantation. Well, when you sign your contract, you lease over everything to the NFL. You lease your rights, the rights Where to your name. Where you're forced to speak. It's certain pictures you can't even post without the permission of the NFL. And Marshawn, I'm just here so I don't get fined. He literally said, I don't want to talk, but I have to. What's that when you don't want to do something, but you have to do it? Slavery. Okay. You said it, not me. Right. <laughs> you said it not me. You think about all <laughs> said it not me. You said it not me. Sean, though, you feel me? He oh, really Sean doing, ain't, man. He doing things he for ain't the taking people. Nothing. It's really you know some, it's really like, at the end of the day, bro, you do have to go up. There's a way to play this game because we haven't. Playing I, the game like it's yeah. meant to be played. Athletes haven't figured out, yeah. <laughs> Athletes haven't figured out a way to really separate themselves from the game, from the ownership to where it can still be profitable because I'm not going to tell nobody not to collect their coin in America. Oh, right. You feel me? Especially our people. I'm not going to tell nobody going to be broke. Right. Hell no, because I've been that myself and I know you can't do nothing for nobody when you're broke, not in America. So, like, when people say shit like, oh, they just don't need to play, nah, nah, nah. It's certain people don't realize it. Yeah, people, it's people, like... People's families. Yeah, it's a lot of people not going to eat know? for your like ego. They say, they say college <laughs> athletes should always boycott. Like, I would send the money home off my scholarships, fam. And if the, I can be honest, if they took my shit away, a lot, I don't, yeah, a lot of people would have started. Right, you got to think about your. And I was only getting seven hundred dollars, <laughs> and I needed that seven hundred that bad to where I was going to. But like I said, like when people, there is a way for us to go about it. But until athletes can figure out the right way to do it, I'm not telling nobody to just boycott the NFL. That's no, not because you're not you're not having an actual nuanced critique of capitalism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're telling niggas to go broke when they actually the primary breadwinners for their family. Because they made it. To that's not really an option. Football. Yeah, that's not really it ain't an option. option. There's things we can go about to dismantling the system, but that just boycott the NFL. I hear people say it all the time. It's like um, a means to an end. No, that's not gonna happen. But like back to this, like we talk about how cap, right? All cap really did was say, "I don't support racism." I've heard on, um, and it sucks because I've heard black analysts say this. Shout out Jason Whitlock. Actually, fuck Jason Whitlock. I want to say shout out. <laughs> shout out. I was gonna be. I was being sarcastic. Like, yeah, shout out Jason Whitlock. But I'm gonna keep it lit. Fuck Jason Whitlock. Right. The man says some things online. This is not a direct quote, but you can go look up Jason Whitlock, Kaepernick. Just search those two things. And he says some things about, like along the lines of, like, Kaepernick cares about his community more than football. Yeah, nigga. He should. He should. What? Yeah. It says, when does caring about your community stop you from getting the job done? Him caring about his community is not the reason why he wasn't performing. It might be in that trash-ass O-line because he's a second-head coach in the last three years. These white people sure care about their community. <laughs> Come on, fam. Come on, fam. White people care about a lot more other things than their jobs. Right. But that's never been a reason. Come on. Donald Trump cares more about golf than he cares about presidency. But you don't right. hear niggas saying that's not the reason why he, he should cares be more about his hair. Come on, bro. He cares more about this the country. Trump Hotel, Trump Towers, whatever that shit is. But right. like the fact that all Cap did was, and this is like, you know, the state of the NFL, how they, you know, they're trying to make an example of my man. You know, that's the first thing they do to black people when you start speaking up for yourself. You got to make an example, right? You got to make an example. So, you know, Cap can't even get a job right now. When tr- they're trying to put these niggas in check because it's not just Kaepernick. Kaepernick wasn't the only one raising his fist. Kaepernick wasn't the only one taking his knee, but Kaepernick is the one who started the movement, so they're using him. And a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, they're trying to, you know, lynch him economically in right? front of everybody. Like, in front of everybody. Let's, so show, let's, let's show you what happens when you do when you speak out against us. When you speak out against Manson, let's show you. Let me let me show you what happened. Do you y'all gonna watch this? The cold part is in 30 years, they're going to have a Colin Kaepernick award. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, goddamn. Mm-hmm. Oh, nigga That's the even, cold part. Nigga couldn't even get a job. That's he the cold get, part. He can get honored when he can't speak no but more. He's shaking his shit right. from the trauma that he's experienced of being sacked. Oh, my God. This shit but is But if we're thinking about Muhammad Ali, white people love to celebrate Muhammad Ali. Black people love to celebrate Muhammad Ali. But they don't realize his radical legacy. Right? 
He but everyone celebrates him now. You know, they celebrate him now. Cause it's cause you wasn't affecting the money. Like you was a like we needed you to come on. That all that pro black, you know, you already know we just talked about, we're gonna say it again. Pro black fucks up capitalist a capitalistic society because capitalism is rooted in anti blackness. So when you start talking about being pro black, you're fighting the system. And fighting the systems means you fucking up my coin as a you white man. I can't have that. Like we were talking about on the line when we was trying to get this Hennessy. We was talking about literally like Kaepernick is fucking up their coin because he's teaching these kids that they're worth so much more than football. You're worth more than what I told worth you. You're more worth. than what the white man says you're worthy. You're, you're worth more, more than, than that body. rapper. You're worth more than that body. More than your body. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're teaching them that like you have a future in education. You have certain rights even though. This government might not say you have rights. You have certain rights that this government can't say or even place. I just love you know? Cap because he's showing that there are no there are no limitations and no boundaries to what you can do. There are no limitations. He's showing that shit in the off season. You don't got to go travel. You can go. Right. You can go be with your family in your community. Right. When you're not working out, you can go stand in front of parole offices, give out hand suits. out suits. You feel me? And but but we got to think about that. This but don't they have like a Walter Payton Community Award? I'm so confused. That's, but when you I'm give so it, confused. But who, who, what, what is the community? If you help out, you know, if you help out white. Oh, if you I'm come, not, like, if you come to like I the, hate to the say stuff it, that the NFL organizes, like if you go to the white schools and play with the white kids, like, and you go play with the, the, you go to the children's hospital with with some white kids in it. But not, and not that, you can't go to the, you can't go to the hood where motherfuckers are starving to death and being, oh my god. But don't they want? The thing is, white people I'm are like, confused what they want. I, what do they want from this man? He's not doing anything for this. <laughs> people who were formerly incarcerated suits so they can make a better of themselves and get out of you feel me? Like so they can't so they don't go back to prison. They don't go back to jail. The NFL preaches this. But thing we gotta think about capitalism. It's profitable for niggas to be in jail. Oh, so you saying this shit run deep. This shit run deep, man. Oh god. They damn. want niggas in jail. Why would, you be, keep a nigga why out of would jail? you be so upset? I wouldn't he be surprised if Jerry Jones got stocks in like some of the prisons in Texas. Oh, I would not no be doubt. surprised. No doubt. I would not be surprised if the New Orleans Saints. I wouldn't be surprised if the New Orleans Saints owner, or at least the first owner, of some, if the New Orleans Saints don't have stock in Angola prison. I wouldn't be surprised, bro. I would not be surprised they don't profit off that coin. So, Cap, you telling niggas not to go to jail? How the fuck am I supposed to pay for this big ass man? You niggas like you more than the league? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> well, my nigga, I hate to bring up. I know, I know, a lot of people don't fuck with Cole sometimes because he could be very pro- problematic. But J Cole has some shit where he was like, they only care about a nigga when he dunking the ball. And this is the prime example of that lyric. They only fucked with Cap when he was running a hundred yards, ninety-eight yards touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers in 2011. You know? We was kissing that muscle, but as soon as he started combing that hair out and volunteering at schools and teaching kids about their rights, they can't get a job. Meanwhile, his backup, whose stats have shown that he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the last 60 years over the course of 40 starts. Blaine Cabot is one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Just signed a deal. Of course. Go look at Cap because QBR. whiteness is mediocre. You can be mediocre and white and get away with so much bullshit in this world. <laughs> so much bullshit. You tie your shoes. Oh, you got a job. <laughs> I really think, like, I have this theory that when they ask you to click out, like, when they ask you to fill out um, your resume, like, they ask you to put your ethnicity, I feel like if you put white, there's, like, you don't even have to answer all those questions anymore. You know, they ask you, like, list your history, let's post your resume. I feel like if you just click white and all that shit disappears and you just get the interview the next day. Pretty much. 
that's how whiteness works in America. This just comes with so many privileges and so many like shortcuts. Like, the fact that, like, I literally got to think about my hair when I go on an interview. I got to think about the way I talk. Hey, my name is Blake. <laughs> I can't talk, actually, how I, how I like to talk. Free Kaepernick, bro. <laughs> you know, free my nigga Kaepernick. And this ain't the first man this happened to, man. This is, you know, I mean, Muhammad is Ali. Good, right, Muhammad al Roof. You feel me? He was doing it a long time before, you know. In, That's in my the man for the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know. I, I know a little bit about him. Not too much, but I know. I know some. I know a little bit about but him. I, honestly, I feel like a lot of people tend to talk. This is my opinion personally. In the in the black community, a lot of people talk shit about black athletes. Like, oh, they don't care. Oh, they don't give a fuck about us. Oh, they. You know what I mean? Like, but like honestly, a lot of black athletes be going through some shit, and a lot of black athletes just be trying to put food on their on their family I'm table. To feed niggas, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm but they be some niggas, of the most exploited bro. people on college campuses. But they making these universities millions and billions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? It, we definitely got to be more compassionate, and understanding of, of black athletes. Cause a lot of them aren't even conscious of what's going on around them, right? If but, you've been you've been playing this sport since you was ten years old, a lot of people have been playing this sport since they was five. Football types, it's a lot of, like these new age athletes, mm-hmm. right? You got to think about it. like when we was growing up, like tiny mites and mighty mites had just start popping to where mm-hmm. you start playing when you're five years old. So all these young cats we see now in the league, they've been playing this game since they was five years old, bro. Social That's all they know. They're conditioned. Conditioning is a real belt. thing. Right. Conditioning is a very real thing. So you've been conditioned to play this game for the last 17 years. Like, you're just going gonna to take what it comes with. I mean, you put on like uh – I think William Rhodes, he says in his book, $40 Million Slaves, the, the Rise and Redemption of the Black Athlete, you put on a conveyor belt. From a young age, you put on this little belt where you're supposed to be this, you go through all the programs, the AAU, you feel me, all these special little leagues, mm-hmm. you put on this pedestal your whole life, but then all of a sudden, you lost, like, you feel me, like, when I quit, I was like, damn, I gotta really think, you know, I was a college athlete, I gotta really think about what is my identity other than an athlete? <laughs> what is my worth other than an athlete? Because my whole life, all as I was, was an athlete. And we kind of just now figured this out. It's and been we like, just it's trying been to years figure it since out. we just stopped playing. It's been right. like, two years I, for me. And it's been like two you know? for me as well since <laughs> I stopped playing football. So it's like we just now starting to figure these things out. So you tell somebody everything that they've been taught, everything that they've you know grown to love is just not real. It's going to be hard to reject that. So for me... I'm definitely compa- I'm definitely compassionate and understanding of these athletes who are not just going to pack their shit up and start protesting. Like, And it's not even going to be ineffective. You mean to tell me I'm not going to feed my family and we're not going to get shit done for another 15 years? Or I can keep feeding my family while simultaneously working towards progression? I like the latter a little bit more. But I just want to say, you know, we send in our love and light to Cap. Keep grinding, man. Sometimes we got to just be a martyr for this shit. You know, and Shout it out sucks. Cap. Shout out Amir. He's just the latest. The He's just the work. Yeah, shout out Amir. Um, for the Know Your Rights camps. I love what y'all are doing. Cap is just the latest of a long line of martyrs. You got to think about Muhammad Ali, all the people we named earlier. He's just the latest of it. He gonna, I know he's going to persevere because what's for you, they can't stop. I also want to bring up like black women athletes too who, who did protest before. Like I remember the Cal women's basketball team back when I was a student at UC Berkeley. There was a, a mock lynching and an effigy um, on Sailor Gate, which is the main campus um, entrance and they heard about it, and that day they did a protest on the court. Before mm-hmm. before any athlete did it, black women did it first. Uh, usually, you know, that's I mean, usually before, how like, things go. At least, that's usually you know how things go. Black women always laying the foundation for things. Black right, women so always in the field. Shout out to the Cowboys basketball team for, for doing that protest. I remember seeing that and just being so inspired. And, like, y'all y'all really was holding folks down. You know, we was organizing around that time. And just seeing them do that, too, you know? So it's yeah, like most it's important. Dead. Think about black women who've been who've been doing that work as always. Well. Black women have always <laughs> the foundation have, of it. Yeah, they've always black women. They've always been the pioneers of this shit, man. I don't know if that's just like they give the gab, and if I don't know if that's like the the thing that they were blessed with for the trade off or all the bullshit they got to go with. But like black women are always 
pioneers in everything. They always set the tone. Always. I mean, they created the world. <laughs> if we're gonna be real, you're not on the hotel like all oh, the black. You know what I mean? <laughs> not on the right, hotel. We like... got Harlem Queens and it's not when we need the podcast. <laughs> right, right. But on the on the real like real shit. Like, yeah. They created the the world. You know what I'm saying? So, shout out to all the black women in my life. Y'all are amazing. Mother's Day was yesterday. <laughs> shout out black women. I love black women. Not on the whole tip shit either. Legit <laughs> <laughs> love black women. Really? All right. So let's tap. Oh, we on the subject of black women. This is like a perfect segue. Not me niggas. Not me niggas. Oh, my God. Now, for those who don't know what a not me nigga is, I think I'm the perfect person to explain it because <laughs> I was like the spokesman for not me niggas, right? Bro, so I remember when I met you. <laughs> oh, fuck. Niggas throwing shots. Oh, shit. Niggas throwing shots. I was the epitome of a not me nigga, bro. And I see him every day on the internet, and I just get so frustrated with him. I'm like, how can I judge one when I was once one? So this is how this shit pops off, right? A not me nigga is a person who doesn't understand. It's mostly, we call it like me and Blake, we hang around pretty much all black people. So this is why we say not me niggas. Like, that's who I hang around. That's who I'm pretty much with. I got like four white friends. Shout out Ari, Jake, Zach. And my fourth one is the unknown. I don't know. You can fit him on one hand. <laughs> <laughs> my nigga Owen. Shout out Owen. Uh, but yeah, so like we say, not me niggas, right? So since I hang around mostly black people, this is what I'm going to call them. Not me niggas is like the niggas I hang around, myself included. So a not me nigga is someone that doesn't understand that majority rules. So when we have like the men are, the all men are trash thing that has been popping off lately, a not me nigga who will be like, well, I treat women fairly. This is a majority. It ain't about me. It's not a yeah. Like, how you gonna say that? You nah, ain't met bro. all men, nigga. Majority rules. Just because you and your clique ain't out here harassing women at the club, Quote, not catcalling. Yeah, exactly. Because you really could be harassing right. women and not know. Right. Because you don't know. Because you're not one of them. Right. But yeah. So, just because you're not doing something, all men don't get a pass. So that's what not mm-hmm. me niggas do. They always jump into the conversation and they say. Well, I don't do this, so you can't say all men are trash. No, nigga, you're one out of 9,900 that does it. So, majority rules. So, that's how we're going to talk about these not me niggas. And I'm not judging niggas because I was once one of them. I'm, man, I'm still a not me type nigga. I don't do, I don't do it out loud anymore, but in my head, I be thinking like, damn, can a nigga get a break? No, I can't get a break. You can't. You cannot get a break. Right. You got to, you got to. You're um, held accountable for the actions of those around you. Mm-hmm. So not me niggas, man. Anytime, um, and you know, white people can be not me niggas. They're like the perfect example. Not all white people are racist. <laughs> Most of them are. All white people are racist because they're conditioned to be racist. So right. I don't want to say that. But that's like when white people be like, well, not all white people are racist. But not some not me niggas be like, oh, yeah, why won't white people get it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, but then when it comes back to me, oh, not me. Like, we don't benefit from patriarchy. The thing you can realize with this not me nigga shit is majority always rules, bro. Just because you don't do something doesn't, you don't, that does not, you don't get a pass, fam. You do not get a pass. Majority is always going to win. But not me niggas, man. Like, this shit is something I see a lot. And I'm, I'm not judging. Like I said, I'm not judging because I used to do this shit all the time. But, like, y'all got to become conscious of this shit, bro. Just because you don't do something, that doesn't give, that doesn't um erase the other thousands of men that are out here doing foul ass shit like just because you ain't never raped a woman don't mean rape don't happen right you feel me type shit like niggas like oh i don't i don't cat call i don't rape okay but the other million niggas do like come on bro right like that's you can't you can't be out here trying to get passes with this shit so what i've learned is something that's helped me a lot and a black woman taught me how to do this is really just listening to realize like just because you don't do something doesn't mean you don't 
um, you can't just deny women their experience, right? Mm-hmm. You can't tell women to stop saying that. All men are trash. Because you're going if you, um, excuse me, if like you start, you start like having these encounters all the time, like the majority of these encounters, you start to, that's, that becomes your reality. If the first nine out of the 10 men you met have harassed you, when you get to that 10th one, you're going to be a little reserved because you've right. been, you've, that's all you've been seeing, mm-hmm. you know? I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to give, um, for me, personally, I don't mind critique because I genuinely want to be better. So it's hard for me to understand how niggas say they want equality and equity and they really care about women, but they're constantly trying to silence them and tell them how to feel. So for me, I don't really care when a woman, like, not, I'm not going to say I don't care. Um, I don't mind when a woman is coming at me. I don't mind when they say men are trash because the majority of men are trash. I don't feel like, and, like, I've, I've always heard women say, like, if the boot don't fit, don't wear it type shit. Or if it don't apply, let it fly. Like, right. So like, I believe it has comes like down to us, right? Like, right. what are you? What are they saying that's striking just, the chord in you? It's just so funny because niggas be like, niggas be in the club like bitches ain't shit, but hoes a trick. Like niggas be in the club singing that shit while Pop simultaneously saying shit. while simultaneously saying all men aren't trash. But, but then you on Twitter and have the nerve to say it like you ain't saying it all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like honestly, I think I, as. I think it's important that we're having this this conversation. You feel me? And how can I think? You know, for us as men, as black men who have privilege in this, cis head black men, we definitely right, have a lot of privilege. Cis black men, yeah. we got a lot of privilege. You feel me? I'm light skinned. Like I got I got a lot of privilege because of that. So how do we, as black men, how do we use our privilege right to start changing this shit right? Because it isn't up. To, it shouldn't be up to black women who are that's a lot of labor. facing this shit. Because that's a lot. Right. That's a lot of labor. So yeah. how do we start? You feel me? How do we start addressing? You feel me? Our partners. You feel me? Like how do we start like holding our partners accountable so they start to grow? You feel yeah. me? And like for me, the biggest thing that's helped me is just like listening to women what they say and then following their directions. Right. Like mm-hmm. if a woman says this doesn't make her uncomfortable, I stop doing this. This makes her uncomfortable. I stop doing it. Then I tell my niggas they can't do it. And that's like that's a very strenuous process. Cause we were talking about like group chats the other day. I'm like, damn, I'll be in a group chat feeling like just cause you do. Like I said, bro, I grew up in Oakland around hella pimps and shit. So it's like I'll be having a what niggas be say like it's caping or whatever, whatever, whatever niggas want to call it, like roasted or whatever. But it's like that that can be a difficult process. But like if you really care and you really call yourself an ally to women, mm-hmm. nigga, you have to do some of that dirty work that they've been doing for their entire lives. Right. Like it's really just about how can we um take some of this labor off of black women because it's hard to fucking be worried about your life and then have to do that work as well. Like that shouldn't be all on them. Right, you know, like at some point, like, I don't want to. I don't want to teach white people about racism. Yeah, like nigga, you should go. Do I'm gonna white. tell you go read this book and do that shit yourself. So it's like, I gotta teach niggas about patriarchy. I gotta teach niggas about hypermasculinity. Like, and I gotta be real with myself and honest with myself. Checking yourself is the first place to start. That's the first thing I did was start checking myself, and then after that, I was able to do start really like really realizing in which ways. Because like somebody always taught me, like I think a lot of men feel conflicted and they feel that sense of shame and guilt because it's like well damn I wasn't trying to make her feel that way but like somebody taught me it's not about intent it's about impact just because you weren't trying to make her feel that way and like a lot of us were conditioned to be that way like we especially as men right we're taught to see women as property and whatnot or like like they're um especially niggas who play like the most hyper masculine sports football and rugby type <laughs> niggas you feel me like but still right. like that's no excuse but that's right. just like an explanation no excuse I'm like right. that's no, an explanation yeah. that's like you know like and women are aware of this too that like men are conditioned to see this way but it's like it's about really taking the time to unlearn mm-hmm. and then relearn yeah because i mean that shit at least masculinity you know it's like that shit was enforced on us at, at a young age and not, yeah. not in an excuse sense but like literally niggas was taught to not cry yeah <laughs> like you a bitch ass nigga if you crying yeah word 
You know what I mean? Like, literally, you know, I used to get in fights and shit. That's because I couldn't process my own emotions. You know what I mean? I couldn't process the way I was feeling in that moment. That's not that nigga shit runs deep. Right, right, it runs right. deep. So it's like, how do we start addressing the way patriarchy and hyper-masculinity, you know, is showing up in men? We just got to listen to women. Like, women right. have always, like we just talked earlier, like, they've always had the keys. Like, women mm-hmm. can tell us how to get out of this shit. It's about listening to them and not... But if whenever a woman... This is how I like to think about things, right? In this subject, if the... Um, the oppressed and the marginalized happen to be women, and for us, it's black women, right? Because black women always get the shit another stick. So whenever so we black, have black trans women on that, yeah, on that, you know, yeah, on another level, I consider black trans women women. So it's right. like, but like, we definitely have to separate that for like people who aren't um, aren't cisgender. Yeah, right. you know, so like, yeah, so like black trans women and black women just get the shit another stick all the time, right? So I think it's important that we listen to them and whatever they tell us, we listen to it and we do. Whenever you start saying, but. Or you start trying to explain yourself. You do not. Whenever a marginalized or an oppressed per- person is talking, you listen and then you follow the directions. If you really care about them, if you're really saying that you right. want to be an ally, you really say, okay, I want equality and equity for you. Tell me how to do it. And once they tell you, you just listen and you follow suit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the biggest thing I can say for me is stop explaining myself. Like once I stopped explaining myself and just started listening and follow directions, I've been. I think I've been also. I've been able to be a more effective ally to women. I, I, I would like to think so. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm still very ashy. Like I will admit that shit because it's a process. Like Me I've too. been conditioned to be a foul ass nigga for the past 24 years. So it's gonna take a little while for me to unlearn this shit. But like I would say for someone that used to that was constantly disrespecting women, constantly taking advantage of women, the biggest thing that I've been able to do is just listen to them and follow the directions. And like it's a, it's a process. And you're gonna do a lot of shame and guilt because you're gonna be like, damn, I should have known better. Or damn, this shit is, and it's like it's comfortable to just like, cause you don't have to do this, right? We don't have to. We're gonna be okay. We're two cishet males, like we're gonna be totally fine. But if we're people who really talk about caring about our community and really talk about not inclusion but equity and equality, mm-hmm. these are the these are the sacrifices we have to make. Sacrifice on our ego, killing our ego. We, these are the things we have to do if we really want to see equality and equity. So for me, as a um, a not me nigga trying to. Abandon his not me. The biggest thing I've been able to do and the best advice I can give you that I've learned from women, black and trans women, black women and black trans women, is to listen and follow directions. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Listen and follow directions. And not sure. center your emotions. Yeah. You know, and not be a process, not the not man. me shit. You know what I mean? Like not centering how you're feeling in the moment. And I'm guilty of this myself. You know? And not centering how you're feeling and be like, oh, but is it really that? You know, and just be like, no, it is that. Can't deny people Take a second and just, and just be quiet, right, and listening and really also not, you know, not always letting the labor be on the folks who are telling you you're doing shit wrong, but also reading. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go read some Angela Davis. Audrey you know what Lord. I'm saying? Go read some Audrey Lord. Go yeah. follow, you know, black women on Twitter. Go follow black trans women on Twitter and learn. And if you feel, like, emotional about something, take a second to think about why. And usually it's probably because you're coming from a place of privilege where you've never heard something and you're thinking it's an attack on you, but it's not really an attack on you at all. It's involved. It's like, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be really the dismantle of your pride and your right. ego. Putting that like, pride and that masculinity. Especially we've been taught as a man to always be right. Always be right. And like, anytime you're wrong, that's a sign of weakness. Nah, fam. It's not, that's not true, y'all. I know that's what they told us, but that shit's not true. Right. That's, they taught us that so that we can keep reinforcing the patriarchy. But this is for, like, any, like, I mean, I don't expect all men to, like, really, like, you know, take heed to this shit. But, like, if you're a nigga who considers yourself an ally to black women and black trans women, nigga, just listen and follow directions. But if we really going to 
going to be free, we got to realize as black men, we got to address this. You feel me? Because what good is a revolution if there's patriarchy after? Because we're going to still be... There is no revolution. There is no revolution if there's patriarchy yeah, there's still. A, there is right? a revolution, yeah. That's just like, an advance. I ain't gonna be free if black yeah. women are free. I ain't gonna be free if black trans women aren't yeah. free. All so we're just gonna take all of us. It's all or none. Right. Or unless we're just gonna start canceling these niggas out. That's a whole other conversation. And a lot of times it's black men who are holding us back from freedom. I'm gonna be real. No, I would say, I would, I've always said that black, cis-head black men will be the downfall of the progression of black people. And I think we have. Because we, history has shown us to be that. So I, I mean, I can only judge the future by history, right? That's only like logical that history has shown that cishead black men have held the movement back. And like a lot of, and that just comes like, you know, like things like wanting to just fall into gender roles. And mm, I mean, if you look at the civil rights movement it was hella patriarchal, you know, even the black Panther party was probably the most progressive out of them all. That was yeah. the only civil rights era, you know, black power era that ever had a, a uh, a woman, a black woman, as the head, Elaine Brown, right? Uh-huh. Like that was the only, that was the first organization to do that. Yeah, and there was still hell patriarchy in the pan- in the Panther Party. Yeah, you know, and Huey himself would talk about masculinity, but Huey <laughs> was patriarchal himself too. Yeah, you know, so I think, especially being in the Bay where we are right now, being in Oakland, in, right, Oakland, like, in, the, in the heart of this shit, in the heart of it. Yeah, you know, I think. It's up to, you feel me, like, we got to listen, and then uh, as us, you feel me, we got to start educating, you know? So whether if it's starting, like, a men's group, a black men's group, you feel me, or just that day-to-day little things, you feel me, when we hear our peers and correcting them, you know what I'm saying, and educating them. Like, I think we really got to do that because we got to realize that it's us. If it ain't us, who finna do it? If this nigga's like, and we probably might be one of the... I'm not trying to toot my own horn or be like egotistical, but like I, from just the niggas that I hang around, like we're very, we're one of like, we're two of very few niggas that actually want to see equity and equality and like really want to see everybody like, treated fairly. Equity. You know, like really right. want to see, every, I don't want privilege. I want to reject my privilege. As, I mean, I feel like right now I have to use my privilege to get other people privilege, but like I want like in a, in a perfect world, right, we will all be treated equally. So like you're saying, like it's up to niggas like us to really, to really, push this shit bro and to really speak on it and that's why we're using our platform right now i know a lot of people are not going to agree with this and feel like we just talking some bullshit and there's going to be some people that do agree with it but like if you got to ask yourself what do you want equality and equity or do you want inclusion do you want to be a part of the supremacy or do you want to dismantle it and if you want to dismantle it you can't be no not me nigga and if we're thinking about a lot of these these black organizations in the past and currently like like the nation for instance upholding the patriarchy like what good is a revolution what good is separation if it's still a patriarchal revolution it's a patriarchal separation I wanna I wanna like attribute this to ignorance but like these are some smart people so I can't even like you know but you should know better right you know so it's like really like no you really just wanna reinforce the patriarchy but for black people instead you just want not even just black people. And for it's, a, it's a it's a black conservative <laughs> for cis black men yeah for cis head black men just wanna be in power yeah so they're in power instead, instead of the white man. But we still gonna practice capitalism. We still gonna practice patriarchy. We still gonna practice gender roles. We still yeah. gonna deny gay folks equal rights. We still gonna deny trans folks. But we're gonna say rights. we love them, quote unquote. We but love you, but you an abomination. Right. I love you, but you an abomination. Not me, niggas. The best thing you can do. The first step is to just listen. Second step is to follow directions. 
Third then, step, put your pride aside. Pull pride to the side, my man. Put your person. pride, put your ego. That might be the first one. That's it's the hard first to, word, It's right? hard to listen if you full of pride. Right. So, yeah, put your pride to the side. Let your ego go is the first one. The second Shout one. Shout out to my nigga, Kendrick. Y'all niggas need to be humble and sit your ass down. And the third, the third <laughs> line is shut the fuck up. And, then and I need to tell myself that, too. I'm consistent. Like, I'm telling but, myself that too. Niggas are still learning. That's what people are like. I'm not right. perfect by any means. I'm still gonna go out here and make mistakes. I'm still gonna offend women, not intentionally. I'm still but like I said, you it's not intention, right. it's impact. So I'm still gonna offend women, not on purpose. I'm still gonna do it because I'm an idiot. I'm a black and I'm a cishead man. I'm an idiot. Not making excuses for us. Not making excuses, just expert, but just like, being open, like nigga, we gonna fuck up. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to unlearn. Unlearning right. is a process. Like like I said, bro. And when thinking, you're unlearning, you are gonna fuck up. Yeah, always. Right. Like, it's like when you first learn that math, when you first learn the formula, you don't get it right right away. It's going to take a little time. But for me, I'm actively, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, um, I'm active and I'm aware of the ways that I make my mistakes. Because once, once, you, once you're aware of them, you can correct them. Mm-hmm. But I want to just give a shout out to all the black women out there, all the black trans women that's been pushing this moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's really been educating me. Because I, I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for black women and black trans women. I would not have nearly as much information that I have right now. And like I always say, me and Blake, we want to be as inclusive as possible. So if we mm-hmm. offended anybody, please slide in the DMs and let us know. I promise you, like, I, I, I'm, I am aware that it is not about intent. It's about impact. So I'm, if anytime you feel like we're not being inclusive, um, if you want to put us on blast on social media, that's cool, too. But it would be dope if you could just slide in the DMs so that we can fix this shit. <laughs> that would be dope. But if you want to put us on blast, I understand because, you know, like, you don't... Black women didn't use. They don't. You don't have to be patient anymore. Like this is bullshit. Y'all been through enough. It's time to just start kicking motherfuckers where it hurt. And okay, so for this last one, I want to address because this is something that happened today. And <laughs> tell them, Valencia, tell them. Nah, and I just feel like because Blake, when me and Blake first became friends, like he kind of checked me on like my identity politics and how I was denying biracial people their blackness. Like I said, I wasn't intentionally doing this. I just didn't know any better. Um. But we got on the, today on yesterday on Twitter, my man Anthony. I don't know if any of you guys follow him, but he's at Antho Knees. So A N T H O S K E no K N E S Antho Knees on Twitter. One of the most um, one of my biggest teachers. He was just talking about Logic or whatever. Logic is the rapper, the biracial rapper, and like Logic had. I don't know if it was in an interview or some tweets. Logic has started talking about how. You know, his his experience as a biracial kid, and he was talking about how his mother, who was a white woman, used to refer to him as nigger. And Anthony always talks about this all the time, about, like, white women wanting to um, mess with black men but not wanting to raise black babies, right? Because mm-hmm. if we go back to the, what is it, the one-drop rule, if you got even just a little bit of black and you're black, and this is, like, during, like, slavery and all that, right? But, like, anyway, Logic was talking about how his, black, how his white mom used to call him a nigger and stuff. And Anthony had did a thread about that, and I just responded to the thread like, this is, you know, it's funny. Not funny. I'm not going to say funny, but this is just, like, weird hearing him talk about his experience as a black person when recently he said he was black and proud and white and unashamed. And for me, I just, in my experience as a black man in America, you can't be black and proud while simultaneously being white and unashamed. Right. Because we all know that white, Unashamed for one is a synonym for proud. Right. So basically, he said, "I'm black and I'm proud," 
and I'm white and I'm proud. This isn't my this isn't my perspective. This is by, this by Webster is. Dictionary. <laughs> you gonna create, you gonna quote the white man dictionary too for this too. By the dictionary, he said he's unashamed. Type in unashamed and then look at synonyms for unashamed. So you're ashamed of white people raping white people, pillaging the land that we're on. We're on. He's unashamed of that. He's, he's, un- he's unashamed of he's that. He's unashamed of his white heritage. He must have a white mom. But he's simultaneously black and proud. You can't do that. Right. When whiteness is rooted in anti-blackness. Like, you just... Uh, so, like, I, I, mean, I just I just tweeted that out and, like, hella people were just saying, like, oh, you denying in his blackness. I'm like, I never said he wasn't black. Yeah, All I said right. was he said be- that he was black and... I was, I was just confused. I was well, just, if, if we take away him being biracial, mm-hmm. right? If we just think about a white person saying, I'm, I'm white, white and unashamed. Shame, y'all would be hot. Y'all would be hella mad. So don't play no identity politics. So he gets a pass from this because he's black? That ties into the Obama shit. Obama gets a pass from all the shit that he's done because he's black. Because he we can't uh, do that. Mulatto. We can't. That's identity <laughs> politics. That is identity, identity politics, politics it, at its at its core. Oh my god! At its core. You were never denying him his blackness. But I remember. I just remember you like because uh, um, you were one of my first like real biracial friends who like I got to like who were conscious of like their privilege of being a biracial person, especially being a biracial cishet man, a light-skinned man, right? You were, mm-hmm. the, you were the first person, like, really, like... Because I know I, I've done that before. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I've definitely denied biracial people their blackness. I'm like, okay, you privilege... You privilege... You're, um, you've benefited from white privilege. You ain't black. Right, right. When I can benefit from white privilege, right? So it's like, I've, I've done that, but I've made that mistake before. So, like, when they... That kind of, like, struck a chord in me when people were saying, but I'm like, nah, I'm like... 99% sure that I'm definitely not denying his black because I never said he wasn't black. I was just confused nah. as to how you can be black and proud and white and unashamed. Like, as a biracial man who's grew up with a white mother and a black dad, the same exact, you know, shit that logic, how does, like, what, how does that make you feel when somebody says they're black and they're proud, but they're also white and unashamed? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not biracial, by the way. <laughs> I'm multiracial, so my, my fault. Yeah, no, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, gets, it gets confused. Yes. But um, so both my parents like are of color. You mm. feel me? Um, but my grandfather, my grandfather is white. Um, so I mean, for me, it's just like I always, I, I always knew how fucked up white people were mm-hmm. because of the way like I was treated. Because I was never treated like I was white. Like my grandpa's white, but mm-hmm. I was never. I don't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I was always treated a certain way. Yeah. You know, so it's, 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 it's hella nuanced. It, it can't be put in, I feel like it can't be put in the same situation um, because people look different. And a lot of, you know what I mean? Like, there's, this, there's biracial people who actually look white. And there's biracial people who you might not even think are, you feel me? Like, yeah. who are, you might not even think we're bi- biracial. And this is where we get into identity right? politics. And that's why, like, I mean, like, I would never yeah. deny anyone their blackness. If someone can explain right. to me how they're, I mean, like, I don't really go that deep into If somebody tells me they're black, I'm going, if somebody said they have black in them, I'm, I'm going to believe them. Right. Especially if, like, they, if they pass, you know, like, not pass, but if they look like, you know, they have, right. like, they got- <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell nobody they're right. not black. I would never, I would never make that mistake again. But I think it's, but I mean, I feel like you're, Whatever you felt is valid, especially by the way, especially by the way he acted. You know what I mean? Like because he's acting a certain type of way. He's acting like as people say, he's acting white skinned. I think that's the epitome of white privilege is to be able to say I'm black and I'm proud and I'm white and unashamed. Like just be able to float that line. Like you can't say that you're white and unashamed when whiteness is white supremacy. Like that's just look at uh, and this is not something I'm just making up off the top of my head. We gotta look at the history of whiteness. Mm 
it's been rooted in white supremacy. So for him right. to say that, I was just like, I'm like, oh hell, I'm like that's a problem, bro. Right. I'm sorry, like no, you don't get that pass because yeah. your logic. No, fuck that. You can't say that. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. And especially if you think you're an, an ally to the black community. I mean, like, I'm, like logic. I don't know logic personally, but I don't know anything about him. But like, from not, I'm not saying I don't, I don't know. I've only I known like a Christian rapper. So. I've only been known. I've only I only know what he, what's been presented to me by him. And right. like, he be on some all lives matter shit. I don't know no person that's really around black people that's growing up black that's experiencing blackness that will ever say all lives matter. Because when you kicking with niggas. Because when you around <laughs> niggas like me, when you really in the hood, when you really in the east, you in the north, you in the west, you in South Berkeley, you in West Berkeley. When you in the, in the rich, you really around. Black people all the time, you know damn well all lives do not matter. Right. So as soon as a motherfucker tells me all lives matter, I'm going to assume that you've been you benefiting from hills. whiteness. <laughs> like I'm okay, you're having a white experience. Right. Like I'm, I'm not going to tell Logic he's not black. He he's black, but beyond some white politics, he's he's adopting whiteness in some ways where he's, you know what I mean? Like he's saying, oh yeah, I'm black, but I'm. I'm white and I'm proud. Like you cannot be white. You and cannot proud. be That's, white and proud. You are you a hood away from being a KKK member. You are exactly. sheeting some holes away from being a KKK member saying shit like that. But honestly, him saying that, honestly, I heard that. I'm like, man, I sound like Obama. Obama says some shit like that. Don't say I that feel like me. Obama would say some shit like that. He would. I just don't understand how you can be black and proud and white and understand at the same time when those like that's just you cannot do that. You cannot. I'm not. Di- I'm not trying to deny anyone's blackness. You're not denying nobody's blackness. You just you, you keep it what, for what it is. You can't. You, know you, what you can't be both. Like you can be black and white at the same time, right? But you got to understand it. You I feel like anyone that's aware just, of their blackness will never say something like, "I'm right." He's the tragic mulatto. Damn. If we're gonna be real about it, it's like you know, I'm black, but why? You know, it's like, mass is good to me. <laughs> You know, so I mean, I think it's it's realizing you can be pro black, but your pro blackness must be also anti white. Because pro black is anti white, period. Because we're trying to dismantle the structures of whiteness that say that white people are inherently better and inherently more powerful than us. We're trying to dismantle that shit so that that should no longer exist. That's what we mean by pro blackness. We want all black people to be free, and all black people ain't gonna be free if you you talking that logic. <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> I got man. I'm not gonna say I got nothing but love for for logic. Um, shout out to him, but man, I just want to be honest with you, bro. If you tell me you white and unashamed, I'm liable to take on your shit. But he, but he, <laughs> I'm liable to fire on your ass. But he gonna try and like adopt his blackness in a certain way. He gonna try and you feel me. He can try and walk the walk for when it's profitable profitable for him. He gonna have his four or five chains on. You know what I'm saying? His That's gold the epitome of white privilege. And he's being gonna, able to float those lines. Right. He's gonna float and, and do it both at the same time and say, "Oh yeah, I'm black," but at the same time, only hang around white folk. You know, and that's the issue, and it's an issue that must be addressed. If we're ever on a dis- ever having like an open discussion on Twitter, just know I'm not coming at anyone with malicious intent. Like I want to learn from everyone. I don't. I know I'm not perfect, so. Whenever you're exchanging with me, just know I'm not coming at you. It's hard to tell that when um, we're going through, like, uh, texts and stuff. Like, it's hard to tell that. But, like, you can listen to my tone of voice. You listen to this podcast. You can know that I have an open mind and I want to learn more. Like, I understand that I don't know shit. I want to learn. All I'm going to do is take the information that black women give me, that black trans women give me, and I'm going to relay it to everybody else. But when it comes to, like, fighting white supremacy, I think I know a little bit about that. So I'm willing to check any white person any day.
Period. Shout out Logic. Hmm. We in here sipping dog water. <laughs> That's episode three of Hella Black, the podcast. 